Hello out there from the Plannerverse. Welcome to another episode of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Plannerverse. With me, your wonderful host, Karina Tovmasyan, and with me is my illustrious co-host, Steve Morton. Hello, Steve. Hello. I've been allowed back then. Yes, yes. I decided he, he was just banging on the door, kicking and screaming, let me in, let me in. And I said, you know what, Steve, right, we're going to let you in. This is it, though. No more shenanigans after this. Anything else will be clearly marked in demerit form, and you shall have to account for this at the end of every session. But um, men, in in the, men in the white coats came to visit and put me in the straight chair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we we are recording episode 77 here for you, and we were trying to find a nice rhyme for it. And I, Steve said, legs 11. I said, get mm. to heaven. I don't know. There's there's no hope for us. It's episode 77. But this, this is an interesting episode. It sort of occurred to both of us that one of the main reasons we all enjoy our planners and are attracted to planning and journaling and being able to write things down on paper is because it relieves some of the anxiety that we carry in our in ourselves during the day in trying to navigate all of the various stressors that come to us in life. And whether those stressors are in forms of appointments or whether it's just things that we want to remember, but if we were to just not write them down, and sort of let them free flow as they would. They would, I think they would just demolish us in a week would be done. There'd be nothing left of us. And so that's why there are, in fact, if you look at digitally, even there are a plethora of apps that promise you to deliver that kind of relaxed feeling that you get once you've organized everything as, as they call it. They have no idea about the differences between planning and organizing. But um, here we are with our analog planners shaking our careful pens at them. <laughs> those, those apps have nothing to do with planning, though. They're music-playing apps or something like that. <laughs> yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. But that's why there's just there are a dime a dozen. There's so many. And I think ultimately what, what people are struggling to find is that peace of mind that comes with being able to pull information out of our heads, put it down into a system that we can trust, and know that the system will pick us up when we are unable to pick ourselves up. And, and that clearly was the case this week with Steve. I've had a bit of a crazy week as, as well. I'm going to let him get into the details of, of what's happened on his end. But the the, the truth of the matter is on, on our end, as far as anxiety goes, I, I suffer from it tremendously. And if I'm not planning, then I'm anxietying. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's the that's the only two levels I exist in. Is I'm either planning or I'm anxietying. Um, I was able to listen to a podcast by the Minimalists this week that was on this very topic, and so I poached their topic because I figured this was a good way or a good medium in which we can explore the reasons why we use our planners and to make an argument for planning when things go badly and to also make an argument for allowing yourself to leave everything and drop everything when things do go badly. I would, I, I know Steve would agree with me that it, in fact, it happens to all of us, right? You find yourself end of the week. Ah, yes, this is the week where I'm going to plan everything to the ninth degree. And you find yourself on a Friday as we are today. And sure enough, there's blank pages staring at you. 
the numbered cal- calendric days looking at you saying, ha ha, you didn't write anything in us this week. We're here. We're wasted. We're gone now. And what have you done? What have you to show for yourself? Nothing. That, that's the, that is the big problem for me this week, certainly. The, the, the time slot that I normally allocate to um, writing down what I'm going to intend to do at the start of the week, through the week, um, got somewhat interrupted by a very sad event. And so I just sort of turned my attention completely and utterly to just that event, completely put the planet to one side and, you know, just deal with the, 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 the issue sort of thing. And I never really recovered from it then. And, you know, we're now, you know, five days later. And it's now that I suddenly realise, uh, hold on a minute, what haven't I done that I intended to do Um, because I've not actually written it down anywhere, so I've got nothing to sort of tick off on the list sort of thing. And I think, well, I got through the week, but I'm sure I've missed doing a few things, to say the least, and you never really sort of catch up from it. Um, And similarly, where I would normally write in my journal every day, that's suddenly gone by the wayside as well. And I started to think, well... Yeah, does it really matter that much, or doesn't it? Well, there's no point in getting completely worried about it, because you can't go back in time and re-go over those days. And right, no, right, it's no done, real point it's done. Going, yeah. you know, it'd be very tempting to just write in things that you actually got done, and then tick them off, just to show that <laughs> things are back to normal. <laughs> I wish. Um but, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. What, can, what am I going to do about just the Monday was the, the big sort of issue. Right? And I thought, well, yeah, I could do a detailed entry for w- what I did on Monday. But what will it tell me at a later date? I think the best way to do it is to just do one paragraph and then, OK, so I leave a big blank space. Well, if need be, I can put a, a, a picture there if need be. Or just write diagonally across the page. And that then solves the, the problem of what happened on that day sort of thing. Um, but, you know, the, there's that's the one extreme, I think, where you don't write quite enough, really, down. So you think, oh, you're getting yourself anxious about not writing things down. Of course, the opposite extreme is where you're spending so much time writing things down that you never actually get to do things or you keep putting things in your way to actually get things done sort of thing. You you overthink things, I think. And, you know, you, you sort of keep thinking of something else that you'd not thought of before sort of thing, which... Get, instead of getting to the starting line, you, you never actually approach it. You sort of keep stepping back from it and rethinking how you're uh, going to do something and think, oh, oh, we have on. to We have to allow space for being human. I think Steve and I, I know we are, we're both humanists at the end of the day. Mm. We both care a lot for the people in our lives, for people in general, and for the well-being of humankind. And one of, uh, I know he, he follows a guy, Casey, Casey Neistat, is it Neistat? How do, Neistat. How do you say his last name? Casey Neistat. Neistat. Yeah. I love, I love some of the things that, that 
freak show comes up with because he's just um, absolutely, he has moments of sheer brilliance. Mm. And one of them was when he insisted on ensuring that his calendar has the least amount of things on it. And I suppose it's in those moments where we're dealing with a tragedy, we're mourning the loss of a friend, we're finding ourselves anxietying that we can find our humanity and allow our calendars to simply exist guilt-free without thinking that we need to fill them up with the moving bits of our lives. It's mm. quite possible to have that moment and, and embrace our humanity and say, you know what, it's just not going to happen the way that the, the old British saying, right, keep calm and carry on. We're, we're not keeping calm this week. We're not carrying on this week because there's a reason for that. And I think to mark down the reason for that is what's valuable in being able to move past it and then be able to keep up and pick up the pieces of life and have them fit in. Uh, one, of, one of the most important things that I think anyone can do is to minimize their planner. I think mm. the, the least amount of information that you can keep whilst maintaining file of facts in, in your planner is is the happy medium. I know Steve calls this the equilibrium of, of planning, right? He has like a formula for how that happens. <laughs> In, invented on the fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's true though, because not my planner doesn't look like Steve's and Steve's doesn't look like mine and none of our planners will ever want to look like one another's. We sort of may peek into each other's planners going, oh, that's a novel idea and I may use that. But what at the end of the day, it's sort of like if... Have you ever tried to write with your opposite hand, whichever is not your dominant hand? Mm. You end up writing to try and come up with your own handwriting. You're not trying to copy someone else's handwriting. You're not trying to write like Richard Nixon would, right? You're trying mm. to write like yourself and failing, but you're recognizing that you're failing. And so the impetus is there to help you become more of yourself. And I think that's what we can say about our planners and finding that equilibrium and looking at them and recognizing ourselves and our planners is to say, right, I've got five whole days of nothing in there because I was busy dealing with life. And, mm. and it's I agree with you. I would go back and draw a line through all of that and say, here's what went on last yeah. week. And here's why there's a blank. Just keep it simple, really, and go down to sort of the simplicity level of saying well what what was the reason why you've not really recorded a great deal um the sort of equilibrium thing I, I sort of thought a bit more about this in that i'm sure in some cases people find that the the way in which they plan potentially has the the um, reason to cause anxiety rather than reduce anxiety because they yeah. find that either they're not writing enough in their planner and there's there's too much white space well it's very easy to say well don't worry about it so you think right okay maybe you might want to consider if you're not if you're only writing on 20 percent of the page and you should be near a sort of 75 80 percent the old 80 20 rule again um maybe the pareto principle strikes yeah, again maybe considered sort of downsizing so you'd still be writing the same things but you'd be filling up more of the page sort of thing. And, and in a way, this sort of comes back to our sort of decluttering topic, doesn't it, from a, you know, a few mm. weeks ago? Yep. In the sense that you rather than, you know, you can have too little information 
or too much information and there's there's a happy medium somewhere between those two extremes and only you'll know what that is there's no point in saying you must have this you must have this and must have that sort of thing um that that would be completely wrong but you can find that equilibrium yourself over you know don't do too drastic a change um but over mm. a, a sort of a, you know two or three month period or something like that you would find you know what you're using and what you're not using um in your planner to a certain extent or you you'd identify when you would use specific pages for you know specific business trip or something like that sort of thing and so you you eventually um establish you know when things have got to be added when things can come back out again sort of thing um but i'm sure in in the same way you would analyze what you're actually writing down in the thing each day or each week sort of thing and again you know the level of detail that you need to you know fully function in a sort of a, a normal um sort of sensible way sort of thing um and be able to sort of carry out your family duties work duties and your own sort of life stuff and what have you you know i was asked to sort of break down the editing of this podcast um by one of our listeners and i thought oh i've never done that before when i did do it it ends up even to a sort of a semi sort of detailed state of something like about 120 steps from start to finish and that wasn't really getting into any great detail of it you know and i was thinking gosh do i really do th- go through all that and then, you know the the talking for 30 minutes is just sort of we're just was just about five or six Step steps in, <laughs> in the middle of it somewhere so. Step 5 talk for 30 minutes yeah. <laughs> but um well it it is interesting and i i'm going to interject with this this statement that i read quite a while ago that says that perfectionism is a form of self abuse and i'm injecting this statement here because if your level of planning is so complex that you need to have 75 markers and 75 highlighters and all the stickers and all the rulers and every, all the accoutrement that goes with planning <laughs> um and you find yourself you can't or you're rolling your eyes at the thought of having to sit down and plan because it's such a quote unquote chore then you're doing it wrong i mm. i think that's that's the mm. basic premise on that you've got to get it to a point where picking up the planner and writing in it is not a chore and you're actually excited about doing it now does life happen yes life happens and not everything gets recorded and so i would argue that somebody who has a regular habit of planning and keeps their planner at a minimum of what they need and not a maximum of what they mm. need versus the maximum i'm saying here would have a quicker bounce back time and quicker recovery time to be able to keep calm and carry on mm. from a set tragedy for example yeah uh, versus someone who requires uh, 146 steps to <laughs> to record a podcast for example now i can make fun of steve all i want uh, but yeah i think you get the idea here is that if you if you allow your if you set yourself up for success with your planner then the human moments can creep in 
and you can allow them to exist guilt-free, knowing that you can step away from your planner anytime. It's okay. It's going to be fine. You can pick this up in a, in a few days, in a week, in two weeks, whenever, and it's not going to be a huge tragedy because you've got the automation going already. Things that are automated do return, come back, and, and if mm. you've dropped something, then somebody mm. will remind you and say, hey, you needed to send me so-and-so or whatever mm. it was. I think, you know, in my case, this week's a great example, really, in a way that I sort of basically fell off the wagon slightly. But I don't have any fear about sort of picking up the pieces at this point in the week and getting back into sort of the sort of normal level of detail, et cetera, et cetera, um, from here onwards, if you like. It's just yeah. basically, you know, sit back and and sort of take it forward from here really um you know that we all sort of work differently and i i wouldn't sort of belittle anyone who finds that you know they like to sort of you know decorate their planner or whatever that, that might be their sort of form of you know weekly relaxation in in a way that it helps them set themselves up for the, the following week or whatever I do. I love decorating. Yeah. I love my 75 markers. I love my yeah. 75 pencils and stickers and all that yeah. stuff. I, it is a relaxation for mm. me. It's like, a, it's like entering a, an amusement park. Yeah. But it helps you, I, I would think by doing it, it helps you sort of focus on what you've got to write down. And it helps you collect your thoughts and that sort of thing. Yes. That, that's the essential thing for me is having that time away from distractions to be able mm. to sit down and gather my thoughts because I've got a terrible short-term memory to be able to, you know, remember, you know, ask me what I was doing when I was five or six and I might be able to remember it. Ask me what I was doing five or six hours ago. Complete blank. <laughs> Steve, it's me, Kareen. Can you see? Do you recognize <laughs> yeah. me? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Not quite yeah, that bad. And, and that's the whole point. But that's the whole point of this: is to be able to, if we're going to be discussing decluttering, if we're going to be discussing minimalizing, if we're going to be discussing anxiety and seeing how all of these things fit, then planning so comes into effect here mm. and the more you allow yourself time and space to plan how you're going to go about this the better you will be i would think that it's in these moments where you find yourself not wanting to go to the planner and i i'm guilty of this as well and i should, probably shouldn't even use the word guilty i should just say i've done this myself where i in fact this week has been one of them uh, there's hardly anything in my planner this week and one of the favorite things i like to do is go back to the little life quote that I have that always grounds me. I don't know if you all have that, but maybe that would be something to set up for your dashboards or set up for your workstations where you spend a lot of time staring at the walls and maybe have this up there. I have my own motto is called uh, no mud, no lotus. In other words, the lotus needs the mud to grow out of. And if you don't have the mud, then there can be no beautiful flower. So in fact, look, Steve, I'm wearing the shirt that says that. It's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that always grounds me. And I realize that when I'm going through whatever it is I'm going through, that that's the mud. Mm. And it's going to be all right because the next step after that is the flower. Mm. 
So and it, it's cyclical, right? This is how life comes at us. It doesn't give us really a choice. It doesn't say, Steve, would you like to have a flat tire next Thursday? Is Thursday at 7.30 okay for you? Or mm. is Saturday better? Not at all. <laughs> right? It doesn't show up like that. You sort of have to deal with it as it comes. And that's part of why we're in this planner verse together to encourage one another and to help one another get get through these moments and understand that it's very human to say, you know what, I'm not writing anything this week. It's just not happening. Mm. One thought I've just had, as as always with, when we're discussing these sort of things, is what's your thoughts with regards to this, minimalism, anxiety, whatever, with regards to sort of multitasking? You know, people attempt to try and do, you know, too many things at once. I would be tempted to suggest don't attempt to do more than two things at once. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a fad in the 80s, I think, People, especially when, when the mod came out and everybody had their Filofaxes and the mm. yuppies and their BMWs and all that. There was this fad in the 80s that to be productive meant to be busy. Mm. And in order to be busy, one had to be an expert at multitasking. And if you weren't the multitasker, if you were from the quote unquote older generation that didn't multitask, then you were outdated and obsolete. Mm. And I think it's taken us from the 1980s to now... <laughs> to realize that really there is no benefit in multitasking. Mm. You're rewiring your brain for short-term concentration, mm. which is not good mm. in terms of being able to grasp large thoughts and maintain critical thought and come out with, with a good mm. solutions. And, and so what I would say is absolutely not. Well, maximum two things. I would even say just don't even venture into the second. Do one thing, be complete with it. And I think if you want to start feeling good about yourself and doing feeling good about what's going on in your life, complete everything you finish. Yeah. If, if you start to see that you're completing everything you finish and your loops are closed, then things will start moving forward again. I was doing something very sort of technical, if you like, sort of on my workbench earlier in the week. And this thing was downloading updates. And I thought, how long is it actually going to take to do this? I had no clue from the screen how long this thing was going to take. So I thought, <laughs> do I just sit here waiting, thinking, well, is it going to be five <laughs> minutes or 50 minutes? Don't know. So I thought, what else can I do whilst it's doing that? So I sort of just was, I put that monitoring what the, the computer was doing, updating into the sort of 20% sort of time and then sort of used the other 80% of my brain time to actually tidying up the workbench that I've been that was in a bit of a mess around me sort of thing and just sort of kept mm. referring back to the screen every so often to see how far it had got sort of thing. But there was still no clue as to when it was going to finish. It was just kept going and going and going and going and thinking, well, it's going to finish soon, but no. So, so I'd go back again to do my tidying up sort of uh, routine. And uh, that was quite, you know, rewarding in a way. It was just to do, just keep switching to every so often, sort of go back to the the screen, see if it had finished yet. No, it hasn't. Right, do some more, and then come back to it, sort of thing. So that worked quite well, really. But it suddenly got suddenly dawned on me just now that where you're trying to do too many things, you know, is your attention span too short on each task that you end up you know, grinding to a halt because you're just constantly switching too quickly sort of thing. Well, you'll be successful in the short run. 
mm. in that you will accomplish all of the multi-tasks yeah. that you have set yourself up for. However, you will end up burning yourself out. Mm. Your adrenal glands will go out. You'll get fatigued. Your eyes won't see straight. Mm. And then if you haven't been writing all of this down or you haven't been tracking it in some sort of system, you won't be able to go back and say, well, uh, here's what I've accomplished and mm. here's what else I need to accomplish because it's sort of floating out there in the ethers, isn't it? it and that's the whole point of being able to break down projects and see mm. what's in front of you and, and that sort of thing. So, look, I know there's going to be a, a whole heck of a lot of people coming at me after this podcast going, <laughs> I multitask all the time and you can't tell me what to do. And good for you. If that works for you, I congratulate you and, and you know, hat tip off. Um, but I, I can't do it. This might explain, if I can't multitask, this mushroom explains why I'm such a poor cook. <laughs> I'm hopeless at being able to sort of try and work out all the order in which to sort of cook things on different implements and things. And I, I well, you'd go... be happy to know that that's a biological difference. Yeah. That women can multitask more than men. No, that's actually one of the differences that we do yeah. have. Uh, because you all are, and, and true to form, uh, most men do one thing, they yeah. complete it, and then they move on to the next task, right? Yeah. And so that's why the women are like, have you done X? And, and you're sort of like, no, I'm already on Y. Why are you bothering me with this? Let me finish with Y and I'll get to X. <laughs> so, but we're already three steps ahead going, well, you've got to finish Y too. Uh, and so that's an interesting discussion for another time. Uh, I would say if, if you're starting this journey of decluttering and minimalizing and looking at what and the whole point of thing of minimalizing is to not live with less but to live with only the things that matter mm. that's the point of it is to highlight and to focus the things that matter so it's not about being very spartan it's not about stoicism or, or look i have one sock that i share with both feet or you know something ridiculous like that it's really about making sure that you're living the life that you have right now. You only get one go at it and ensuring that you're living it to the point where every day is a joyful day, regardless of, of outcomes. Everything is on purpose for you. And that's that's my goal for all of you all, including myself. Hmm. I would sort of look at things in sort of another way of doing this. Don't attempt to try and um, plan to do too many things in one day because you're just setting yourself up to fail in a way that you would never get through all of those things if you attempt to think well yeah they're all nice things to do but which ones are the you know the big winners if you like you know which ones can you knock off that list quickly and easily and you know how can you sort of get yourself out of the mire as it were and, and feel you're achieving something at the end of the day that's the the one for it, me. it really does come down to priority. And yeah. I, I'm pulling this again, I'm poaching this from the minimalists. They had the conversation about how the word used to be priority. And we've sort of pluralized it and it's become priorities. Yeah. And so really, it's you can't have multiple priorities. You either have a priority or you don't. And I think in being able to come up with a mission statement for life or being mm. able to come up with a quote that sort of moves mm. you or does some kind of grounding for you, you have to find what your priority is for that day mm. and then everything else will will move from there the, the center will move according to where you where you place the focus and and that's that's the most important thing when it comes to i think for 
minimalizing a planner and being able to deal with anxiety is understanding what the cause of that anxiety is and dealing with that. And if the cause of that anxiety is you know, tragedy or mourning or whatever, then go ahead and mourn. Mm. Go ahead and deal with the tragedy. Go ahead and deal with what needs dealing with in in the way that you can deal with it. And then come back to everything else. Again, while while we're on the topic, that's why I'm such a big proponent of automation nirvana. If you can automate things, have the digital world digitize the things that can be done for you behind your back so that it's working while you're mm. not, then that's great because that takes a mm. whole level of stress off of you knowing that it's already been completed. Yeah. You know, if, if the trash needs to be taken out or whatever it is that needs to happen. So that's that's my tip of the day. We, we'll end Steve, up with these, one of these little house robots one day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a little house elf we'll one of the things i mentioned now just to finish off is we'll definitely include a a link to this podcast that you listen to so others can go and uh, check it out maybe because there might be other stuff in that that appeals to them as well you know a bit like web finds it is an hour and a half they go a lot longer than we do (laughs) (laughs) so if you've got the time (laughs) don't get any ideas about us doing an hour and a half (laughs) My, my four-page explanation of what happens next. <laughs> Five hours later, Steve is like, and point four hundred and seventy-two subsection A says. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Um, anyway, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me lurking and skulking in the pages of Planarology. On Facebook, on Instagram is Karine Tovmasyan, and usually irritating Steve Morton. And where can we find you, Steve Morton? <laughs> and you will find me in the usual place of filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com, and as Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram. And remember, folks, if you've enjoyed our ramblings in this podcast, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it. <laughs>